What is up? Welcome back. This is Side Piece Season Number One. Get your shit together so you can have dope relationships podcast on the planet. I'm your host, Dinero, and today I'm taking you back to business school. All right. Every big business has, for sure, two departments. They've always got legal and they've always got PR, public relations. But sometimes it's not enough. Sometimes something big happens, like, I don't know, an oil spill in the Gulf of Mexico. So when that happens, Legal and PR are not enough, and they usually bring in a crisis management firm. At the end of the day, a crisis management firm is just there to protect the image, mitigate the situation, and maybe, if everything goes just perfect, they'll eliminate the problem altogether. Sounds a lot like misdirection. Sounds a lot like spin. It is those things, but it's more. So let's take the drug. It rhymes with Roxy Martin. It's made by this company, and it made this company billions of dollars. Okay, so Roxymontin is an opioid, as in opium, as in heroin. All sounds very addictive, but the company swore up and down that it was not addictive. Now, whenever they were met with somebody that said, oh, no, uh, this patient has addiction, they're, they're addicted to this Roxymontin, they would say, no, 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 that's not addiction. That's physical dependence. That's pseudo-addiction. It's not the same. It's not the same at all. There was no way that Roxy Mountain was addictive. Prescribe it liberally. Don't worry about it. Well, it's an opioid. So, surprise, surprise, people got addicted. People began misusing it. And eventually, despite everything that the company had put in place, communities, that, especially the ones that were hit hard by the drug, began to push back. And at some point, the DEA became involved started asking questions. This made the stakes very high. Legal and PR ain't cutting it. So here comes the crisis management firm. What do they do? Well, they get right to work. They get their boots on the ground. They get to work in immediately. Of course, they use some denial and misdirection because those are great tools. They stuck with the story from the company that the drug is non-addictive, but they added unless used incorrectly, which puts the blame on the end user and not on the creator at all, which some people agree, but bear with me. The next play would make a gaslighting narcissist smile with delight because the next thing they did was they blamed the abuse of the drug on the media. They said that the news, if the news, hadn't really sensationalized the abuse potential of the drug, Kids would never have had the notion nor the knowledge of how to abuse the drug. They turned the tables. They said that anybody that was against Roxy Martin was a heartless bastard, didn't care one iota for the legitimate chronic pain sufferers and how their, their plight had been mitigated by this magical drug. What's at play here in all of these things is manipulation. They're making moves. There's avoidance, there's blame, denial, gaslighting guilt trips, they're even you know, using a little coercion at times, recruiting third parties. They even presented the manufacturer of the drug as a victim. If you have ever had someone in your life that was trying to control you, that list seems very familiar. And for those of you that don't think that it has ever happened to you, it definitely has, you just didn't notice. Because manipulation, if done well, is supposed to be sleek and subversive. Now, one of the problems is there's some people out there that would never try that. At least they tell themselves that they would never try that. You, friend, have used manipulation in your life 
many times, I'm sure, starting all the way back to when you were a baby and you would cry to get the attention of your parents. It's always been there. It will always be there. We all use it. But in and of itself, manipulation is not necessarily malicious, which is the real problem, which is what we're talking about here. We place a great importance on figuring them out, categorizing them. Are they a narcissist or a sociopath? Do they have borderline personality disorders? What are they? How about this? Controlling assholes. That pretty much fits everything. It's a great umbrella term to catch all. You're not a psychiatrist. Your job is not to fix them. Your job is to recognize the fuckery and remove it from your life. The end. You want to research the DSM-5 to figure out exactly what they are and what their personality traits are? That's cool. But do that after you get them out of your life. Anyway, I made a list. Things to watch out for. It's in alphabetical order because I'm freaky like that. And everything on this list has happened to me. But I don't think that I've been manipulated in every possible way. So call it an incomplete list. And here we go. Avoidance, blame, coercion, denial, gaslighting, guilt trips, lies, love bombs, pleasure bombs, projection, recruiting, regression, name calling, recruiting, regression, verbal abuse, victim role, violence. Just like a crisis management firm, the goal is to get a desired outcome. Unlike a crisis management firm, they have more tools, more ways to attempt to control you and take over your mind because if they have your mind, they have everything. Right now, somebody's wondering, well, why would anybody try to control another person? It's a fair question. It's the wrong question because it denies that people out there do it. That's what we're talking about. We're not talking about somebody that's out there trying to get you to write that novel that you're always talking about. They're not pouring themselves into the effort to stop you from smoking. Nah. In this scenario, they want complete control over you. This is malicious manipulation and this is slick it's subversive if it's done well you don't really notice it you don't question it you don't even see it avoidance straight up they just don't acknowledge whatever you say so you catch them in something you confront them with something you ask your question they ask you if you want tacos they're not interested at all and they're not going to come off of that that's going to make you angry that's going to make you frustrated that's going to make you a little crazy and they're not going to come off of it So either you're just going to keep going in circles or you're eventually and most likely going to just submit and quit. They win. The blame game, of course, they turn things around on you. I did A because you did B. If you hadn't have done B, I would have never done A. So it's your fault. Uh, Coercion, tricking you, promising you something that you do want to do something that you don't want. Denial. They just don't acknowledge that anything happened. If you add avoidance and denial together, you get gaslighting, which is where they don't really, they say that the things you're accusing them of have never happened. You're clearly crazy. Why are you always like this? The intent is to stop you from trusting yourself. And if you can't trust yourself, how can you challenge them? And taken to the highest level, they'll have you trained so well that you will gaslight yourself when they're not around. Guilt trips and lies, everybody knows those. Love bombs, they're giving you so much good energy. You confront them with a problem. They've transgressed a boundary. Ah, 
Let me give you a massage. I cooked your favorite. Here's this. Oh, baby, you're great. The whole intent is to make you feel so good about all the stuff that they're doing right now that you don't even think about or address the reason that you're pissed off in the first place. Moving forward, the problem with this comes in the silent treatment because at some point, if they make you feel really good, when they take that away, it hits twice as hard. Right behind the love bomb is pleasure bombing. It doesn't have to be sex, but it's things that you like and they're giving you a lot of it. If you are digmatized or pussy whipped, they've got those claws in and again, when it comes down to the silent treatment and they withdraw from you, they're pulling that away from you. It's designed to cajole you and make you do what they want you to do. Next up, projection. They're putting their BS on you. Typically, they accuse you of the thing that you're just about to blame them about, which is confusing, frustrating. And if you're not careful, now you're on the back foot and you're defending yourself against something that you never did. This is a supreme misdirection. Works like a champ. Regression, as in age regression. It's just what you think it is. They're acting childishly. Everything's on the table. Crying, pouting, walking off in a huff, slamming doors, breaking shit, punching walls, screaming. Yeah, manage that. How are you going to talk to somebody like that? You can't. We already touched on the silent treatment. Again, it might not be just conversation. They might withdraw from you physically altogether, which has an impact. Um, It works on some. It doesn't work on all, but that's okay because they have other tactics that they can use. This one sucks. Recruiting. This is when they take somebody that you are close to, particularly somebody that you love or respect, and they turn them to their side. So now they're against you as well. You might be fine with losing this asshole, but are you fine with losing your cousin, your mom, whatever? You just shut up. You capitulate. All right, we're in the last three. Verbal abuse. Kind of goes with regression, right? Calling people names. But this is an entirely different, more advanced, more surgical attack. It hurts a lot more. They know exactly what buttons to push. They know exactly what to say. And despite the nursery rhymes, words can hurt you. The whole thing is designed to break you, devalue you. Next up, they take the victim role. Huh? What? And now you're the one that's the bad guy. They are the ones that are under attack. And it's an unreasonable and harsh attack, I might add. How did this happen? When you get emotionally charged, logic is out the window. Violence or the threat of violence. This one is always paired with something else. When you've been attacked or threatened, you're in an emotionally charged state. This is a great time to introduce any of the other tactics because you're not going to be logical. You're not going to be able to fight back with your best effort. They could, at this time, say, you made me do it, which would be putting you in the victim role and a guilt trip. They could say, I would have never done this if you hadn't done blank, which would, again, put you in a guilt trip and blame you. They could cry and pout and then make up sex with you. It's regression. It's a guilt trip. It's love bombing. It's pleasure bombing all at once. I only did it because I love you so much. You're so amazing. You make me crazy. More love bombing. Listen, you could experience every single one of these things or just one or two. I don't think that violence is the be-all, end-all. I don't think that's the only one to worry about. They're all equal to me. 
You need to get away from the controlling, malevolent manipulation tactics as quickly as possible. There's a love myth out there, kind of a Hollywood thing that if you're in love, sometimes you have to, you know, you have to prove it. You have to suffer. You have to, you have to bleed a little bit for it, metaphorically. Um, that's something that we get sold on. And a manipulative asshole is hoping that you were sold on it so they can capitalize on that and use your nice guy mentality, nice girl mentality against you. When dealing with people like this, this is a definite crisis situation and you have to be your own crisis management firm. So what do you need to do? Well, first of all, we always go with some stoicism on this show. So you've got to rely on yourself and trust yourself. It starts with self-awareness and knowing yourself, right? This allows you to clearly understand, define, and embrace your own expectations, goals, and values. You have that down, that's going to pave the way for your boundaries. And Once you have your own boundaries, you make them clear and you enforce them with everybody, including yourself. Now, don't be an ass about enforcing the boundaries, right? Maintain your tact. As you get older, wiser, perhaps more jaded, you tend to get a little rougher about delivering your boundaries. And it definitely does not have to be rude or off-putting. I'm not in favor of the, you know, fuck you, this is my boundary. You know, I'd rather you said, nah, no thanks, I don't do that, playa. Um, Honey versus vinegar, for me. I encourage tact because relationships are supposed to be fun. If at the beginning, when you're laying down your boundaries, you're doing it in a very rough and abrasive way, for me, that's off-putting. And I don't really want to find out more. Relationships are supposed to be fun. Keep it fun, but also clearly delineate your boundaries. Maintain your sense of self and maintain your trust in yourself and your confidence in yourself. A common goal of all the manipulation is to make you not trust yourself. And if you don't trust yourself, you cling to that asshole more and harder. No, we're not doing that. You need to maintain your own interests. Maintain your important relationships. You can't keep talking to your exes. No, that's not what I'm saying. You have to maintain relationships with a confidant that can give you an outside perspective. Here's some real shit. If you don't talk to your closest confidants about a definite transgression because you don't want to face them telling you that you're playing yourself or you're afraid that in their disappointment about you allowing this other person to walk all over you that you'll lose their friendship, clearly you are being manipulated and maybe even on autopilot. You need to trust these outside voices or you need to have trusted outside voices because they'll always see things from a different perspective than you will because they're not in it. Know the signs and take action and do not allow yourself to fall victim to your own cognitive dissonance. You know they are doing fuck shit and you know you don't like fuck shit. Those two can't live together unless you change your perspective. You rationalize, you trivialize things that are important to you and make them seem less important. Or you have to have a brand new frame of thought altogether. We are capable, quite easily, actually, of doing that. So, be aware. Know the signs and take action. I don't know, maybe I should have called this episode Head Games, but I figured uh, we take it back to business school. This seemed rife for a great business analogy. 
the makers of Roxy Mountain swear up and down they never did anything wrong and didn't know anything. And it was all such a big shock and surprise, which is something that somebody that's trying to manipulate you in a quote-unquote toxic relationship would do. Be aware. That's my time. Have a fantastic Monday, a great week, and an awesome weekend. I'll see you back here in a week. We'll do it all again. Remember, control the controllables, which is really only you and your responses to the things that happen. Be good to yourself. Be good to others. If you like what you heard, rate, review, tell a friend it was awesome. If you disliked it, tell an enemy that you loved it. I'll be back here next week. Until then, peace. Peace.